Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Resistance Chicks, Part 2. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Thursday, April 6th in the year 2023. Tonight we have part two of the Resistance Chicks interview, which is another wild one. You never know where we're going to go. And if you haven't heard part one, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that and enjoy a great hour of wonderful conversation. These are two very talented ladies and two very committed ladies, both in their walk with Jesus and in their commitment to helping people get sovereign by growing their own food and living free. So it'll be an exciting interview. One thing we do have to keep in mind right now is our Federal Reserve, our government, is a tyranny. And if you didn't hear the news this week, they definitely want to force you onto your knees. They are changing the dollar. And that began on Monday with the introduction of FedNow and the introduction of the new Fed digital coin. All of this is intended to create another level of debt slavery, unlike anything we've ever imagined, taking away your ability to save money, providing a digital coin that's programmable by the Federal Reserve and tying your entire life to a social credit score. If you have an IRA, if you have a 401k, these are times to take good precaution to get them out of the control of the banks, which are in the process of collapsing. And that's why we have Birch Gold. Patriots, inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in precious metals, gold and silver, and the best part, it's tax sheltered. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text BARDS to 989898 today. Patriots, there's no time to waste. We're in a critical moment in our economy. Things are changing, and they are changing fast. Again, text BARDS to 989898 today. All right, Patriots, before we begin tonight, we have a prayer request from our in-house, The Conley. And this is, uh, I'm going to read the whole post. It's a pretty moving post. So he writes, hey, guys, 
No, I don't post here a lot, but I am today. A friend of mine, a great friend to lots of my other friends, does uh, needs some prayers. Shelly Luther suffered a brain aneurysm late Tuesday night. They tried to correct it yesterday morning in Dallas, but weren't successful. So they have her sedated and are working on draining the fluid from her brain. According to her husband, the earliest they can try it again is Friday. That's Friday morning. So here's the update from Tim, her husband. Day two. We continue to be in a holding pattern, waiting for her body to ready itself for another surgery. There has been a little talk about possibly moving it up to today, but as, as, of this, as the afternoon wears on, I'm thinking it's getting too late for that. I really am humbled by the amount of prayers, messages, and offers to help that have come to us. Let me tell you, if Shelly were awake, she would tell every single one of you to pray for someone else who needs it more. Not that she wouldn't appreciate it, but that's always been her heart. Take care of others first. The problem is she isn't awake and she isn't aware of the fight her body is in to stay alive. So please keep praying for her, her doctors and her family. And if you feel so inclined, pray for the woman down the hall that just had a brain tumor removed and everyone else on this floor that is as in as much or more jeopardy than Shelly. I have been pol- politely declining all the offers for food. Shelly's dad said, maybe I should screen the offers and if someone is offering a cherry pie with a crust in strips across the top, I should take it. I can always count on, on Ron for a laugh. Even at the somber, even in these somber moments. But it did get me to thinking, if you are feeling driven to cook us, cook us a meal, cook one, and then take it to a family in need or maybe a shelter or homeless person, that's what Shelley would want. For all those who are asking beyond prayer, what can you do? Be patient. The doctors have tried, have, have told me that it's going to be a long journey. We won't even know to what extent that is going to be until after a successful surgery. Right now, I'm living minute by minute, praying to God to bring my wife back to me. She is my partner in all things. I I like to think this is outpouring of support as a reflection of how she cares for others. I am saving every message, every text, everything for her to see. Because I know as embarrassed as she will be, her heart will be full of the joy to see her friends, family, and peers united in prayer. Patriots, please join me in prayer. Father God, we come to you today humbly. We just pray for Shelley. We just pray for miraculous healing. That Again, Father, that as we put our hearts to this, that she can experience just the pure miracle of what kingdom can bring. She can, the blood of Christ can touch her, and this aneurysm can be healed, the fluid removed, and that she can awaken once again, restored in the perfection of kingdom. And Father, while you're there, and Jesus, while you walk those halls, please touch those that are also in need the woman with the tumor that's removed, and the many others that are in worse case. We just pray for a miraculous healing along this entire hospital floor to shake the doctors to such a way that they wonder why they're even there as everyone looks to you, finds themselves on their knees, and praying to Christ and praying to heaven for the glories that only heaven can bring. 
So, Father, we just pray for a miraculous healing for all of this floor, that all that are there, to restore in them the perfection of a kingdom and to show the world just how miraculous and what a glorious Father and a living God you are. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, patriots. So one last thing before we go. These are critical times. Make sure, or I should say before we jump into the interview, not before we go. We uh, Make sure you're doing everything you can to keep your defense skills up for your home. Things are going to get a little bit crazy. Ammo's expensive. Range time is hard to get. So there's no better product to have to teach good, safe gun safety in your home with your family than iTarget Pro. If there was ever a story that best encapsulated how bad crime has become, it's the one about Starbucks providing baristas with active shooter training because our cities aren't safe anymore. And while the Supreme Court has made it easier for you to conceal carry for protection, it's your responsibility to be properly trained. That's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including .223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. This is the smartest investment in your ability to safely and effectively handle your firearm. Plus, it will pay for itself in one day. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you want to have. All right, Patriots. So part one last night with the Resistance Chicks, part two tonight. As always, you never know where we're going to go, but it's always a fantastic conversation. Something you said when you said that if you're wrong about uh, Jesus coming back in my lifetime, yeah, your revelation and your end time theories. Okay, I'm just going to share this with you. It may be useful, but it's it's just this point. Our mission until the day we die and return is to share the gospel and to love thy neighbor. That's it. I don't. I, I say this all the time. If God hit me on the red phone and said. Jesus is going to be there in one hour. I'd say, Lord, I'm probably going to be late because that's I, what I say. Right? Let me get one more. I've got. I. You've given me a mission, and unless you direct yeah. me to be there, yeah, I'm not going to be the first in line. Oh, I'm going yeah. to be busy doing my job, and when that's and right. and and so you know, and I've said it different ways. Like I'll be there in 59 minutes and 45 seconds. But my point is that I am not going to seek to be the first in line. And, yeah. I, and I frankly, I believe truly in my heart that if I'm out here doing my work and, he, and Jesus is walking this earth, he'll find me when the time mm-hmm. is right. And I'm not going to miss anything by not running over there because there's lots to do. And that's principally it right there. It doesn't matter whether it's the end of the world or whether it's yeah. the, the, the return of Christ in the sense of what is my mission. It never changes yeah. unless my mission orders are changed. And you know, Daniel chapter two. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, go ahead. I'm just good. So Daniel chapter two talks about uh, kingdoms, and it's actually this really neat passage that uh, Bible scholars, secular Bible scholars, say that Daniel could not have written it 
because it was so accurate. It's literally in a what's called an apologetic, meaning the Bible proves itself through history. So Daniel prophesied while he was in Babylon, these four kingdoms that would rise. He was in Babylon being the first, uh, the Medes and Persians, Greece, and then Rome. And he actually, he prophesied Alexander the Great. He prophesied these four kingdoms, but he also prophesied the, the coming Messiah. He said that there would be a stone taken out from a mountain without hands, and it would be thrown at this these kingdoms. You know, you guys have all seen the beast of gold, silver, bronze. And this kingdom would have no end of the, in, and Isaiah says, of the increase of his government and his peace, this is the prophecy of Jesus, there will be no end. The gospel and the word of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. We are sitting on our hands waiting for another Messiah when the Messiah has come, bound Satan, given us all authority, and is up there like, when y'all going to get to business? Okay, we reign right now. We are seated with him in heavenly places. We are kings and we are priests. We are literally walking temples. Do you know how spiritually holy that is? Mm -hmm. That's why That's why uh, Paul says you shouldn't have fornication. Okay, don't sleep around with people because you're actually, all other sins are outside the body. Those sins are actually within the temple. Bringing a harlot, should you bring a harlot into the temple? Because he did this and, and we're, we take it for granted that we are now the temple of God where we can go to the Holy of Holies. We can talk to the King of Kings ourselves and get any answer at any moment, at any time. And if we all started to do that, we would manifest the kingdom, which is what the pilgrims were doing. And the first step, I, I believe the founding fathers laid this wonderful foundation. And basically we've let marauders come in and squat in what was beautifully laid out by people who manifested the kingdom and recognized their place in the kingdom. And so why is this message important? This message is important because we have what Scott just said work to do. <laughs> we have work to do. So that's why we're doing this series because we want to empower you guys that when you come up against a Fauci or you, you come up against, you know, whoever it is. Who are you evil, to defile the armies, the armies of the most, of the high, most high, God. high God? And that was David without the Holy Spirit, without the gifts of spirit, words, wisdom, words of knowledge. Well, David had the Holy Spirit, but he was the only one. But seriously. Well, like, the Holy Spirit had to come on him. That's right. It wasn't in him. Yeah. So my, my two verses, I, I say these so many times. There's actually three because it's interesting you brought up Jeremiah 616 because I've said that so many times. Seek the ancient path. We use I mean, it because you've used it. Yes. Okay. Well, no, but it's just it's a it's a fantastic statement to where we are, right? But the two other verses, and I, I've said this, I think every child by the time they can talk should have yeah. these memorized. Luke 10, 19. Mm -hmm. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions yes. and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. That is, it defines every bit of authority that we have here. Yes. And the second is John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Yeah. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. That is so profound. And yeah. the question is, and I, I, I put this forward as a question, do you believe those verses? Do you mm, believe them? Because if you do, that means that it, you're being able to do all that Christ did as a blessing through him not us alone, through him, through God, all that he did and greater works than he. What does that look like? I have no idea. I, know, I, don't, right? I can't even begin to comprehend, but I know that God knows. 
And so when you talk about being able to pray in and manifest kingdom, that's probably in the realm there somewhere, right? You know, when we're praying the Our Father, we're supposed to pray, your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Right. You talk about thy kingdom come. Um, yeah, constant. Jesus said, I didn't even cut you off there, but for those of you that are confused, well, wait a minute, how can we be in the kingdom, but we're not seeing it manifest time and time again, Jesus explained to us what the kingdom of God would be like, it would be like a little leaven that worked into the dough and it worked its whole way, it would be like a little seed and it grew into a tree for 2000 years, we've been seeing the leaven spread, we've been seeing the tree grow and it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows, right? right? So that's why it's not an instantaneous it's hard manifestation. For, I could grant it, I could grant it the first century Christians be like, you know what? I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. But we've had 2000 years of seeing the kingdom spread and take over the globe so that Christianity is covering the entire globe. It is. It has spread. The whole West is based on Christian principles. And it wasn't until the late um, 1500s, 1600s that uh, people actually got the word of God in their language. And what I truly believe is that the devil comes in, realized, oh my gosh, they got the Bible in their language. Look what they did. Look what the look what happened between the pilgrims and the founding fathers when they when they actually started to apply the Bible. Within two less than two hundred years, one hundred and fifty years, we had a Christian nation from sixteen twenty to seventeen seventy six. We had a Christian nation, and it was all Christian, 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 Christian. And these were people applying the word of God. We had revivals, the biggest revival known to mankind, Jonathan Edwards, Jonathan Wesley. And and they're quoted as saying, we're just going to spread this gospel around the whole world. And the missionary movement spread to Africa. But we're not done yet. We're nowhere near done. Jesus can't come back. Okay? I believe that every Muslim, every Muslim country is going to be a Christian country. Come on and preach it. Okay. Yeah, I believe I that China, China hasn't even given a chance. Okay. Do you know how many, by I the way, do you know how many revivals are in China per day? There, I know there's 30,000 people coming to Christ in China every single day. That's at least. my point. Yeah. It's right there. That number, that number, 30,000 a day. Do you know that in, in Liberia, Liberia, when they call a, a revival or they pull the big congregations, you're seeing people that come to assemble under Christ of over a million people at a time. Get out. And, and, and we're, we're sitting here going, oh, mega church is good with 5,000 people. It's like, you got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. I mean, this is, right. there's a, the, the thing is that God blessed this nation. And this is why I, and Brad and I talk about this a lot. God blessed this nation. He's not done with us. No, so for no, those that think exactly. that like we're all going to be punished, he's not done with us. We ha we are yeah. the only nation that where we begin our first document, the Declaration of Independence, after the covenant, but after the Declaration of Independence, first official state document that says right. all of our rights come from our Creator. That Creator. is no yeah. dispute on who our Creator is. That's why they mm -hmm. argue this this Masonic garbage so much. That's why the left mm -hmm. pumps in the Masonic mm -hmm. thing to try to say, well, that's really not true. Creator could be anything. It'd be pluralized. No, there was no question. No, no, no. Question. no. John the, Adams wrote a letter to, to just to your point. John Adams wrote a letter to um, Thomas Jefferson, and they were they were debating back and forth. And he and he listed all the, this the army in front of him. And he says, look at these people. There's Moravians. There's Baptists. There's Anabaptists. There's Catholics. But they have all one thing in common. Everyone in 1776, he said they were all educated according to the principles of. And he, he didn't say, oh, the deist. He said Jesus Christ. Right. They, they Every most of them did. Every single person in America. Most of them did. And, and, and here's the, the amazing part is that 
one of the reasons they are able to be attacked is because what they did, and you can see it in their own discussions, they were against the formalities of the religious church right. because it wasn't teaching the principles of Christ. And one of the reasons right. that they became Masons was because they needed a place to assemble as men that was not tied to the congregational division that still exists today. So yeah. later on, as many of them learned about the whole principles of what Masonic European Masonism, Masonry was about, they right, left. Right, right. They just they disconnected exactly. from. It. So they that rewrite of our history has been very strategic, just as the rewrite of our history to try to argue that the Declaration of Independence is somehow not tied to the Constitution because it was done in a pre-United States government, which is completely untrue. The Continental mm -hmm. Congress was our first formal government, and yes. it and it in in. in approved and it's the Declaration of Independence, which is our founding document, which is establishes moral law over the Constitution. When you separate the two, the Constitution can be argued to be a living document of rules and structure. When you put it with the capstone of the Declaration of Independence, it's a structure of government under those rights that were given to us by God. That's moral law. You do not change that. And it also means that we do not have obedience to any man. The, the last part about this, which I say so often on the show, the founding fathers did. It's like the greatest troll in history. I love this moment because if you look at the Declaration of Independence, you have to, you have to smile. Everyone was looking at them to set up a king. And they said, yeah, we're a monarchy. We're a kingdom monarchy. We're putting our king and savior on the throne above us, not yes. you humankind yes. people. Can you imagine the insult that that was to the global order of kings and yeah. queens? They got yes. back slapped and said, yeah, we have yeah. a king. It's our, it's the one God, the true God, the God right. of hosts is now who's our king. Come on. So take it. Yeah. And now we are subordinate to him and the wills of the people are, the government is subordinate to the wills of the people. That's the three-tier process. And to your point, in the last hundred years, we have given the usurpers the opportunity to kick God out. We've done that. We've allowed that mm -hmm. and take mm -hmm. position over us. And now as they are occupiers of this land, illegal occupiers mm -hmm. in the form of a corporate government, we are now saying, yeah. oh, well, the Constitution's dead. The Constitution's not a living thing. It's not dead. The Constitution's very much alive. We are just not looking right. the right way. We're looking at them instead of looking at heaven. So it's also important to go back and to read their writings because they purposely made the Constitution a very short document mm -hmm. because Thomas Jefferson said, every citizen should know all laws. Okay, right now, even the tax law, you can get in trouble for something you don't even know exists. That's It's unconstitutional. So I was reading the Founders Bible yesterday, sometime uh, right before um, Romans, and it was talking about the Bill of Rights. There's a whole big section on the Bill of Rights. And James Madison helped pen the Bill of Rights. And he said something very interesting. He said, in order to be part of civil government and to submit to civil government, every single person has a duty to submit to the creator. Now, <laughs> so say good. that today. Yeah. Say that today, okay? So we're so nicey-nicey Christians that the, the founding fathers wouldn't even recognize. They're like, don't you understand? You guys, John, John Adams says this, this constitution is made only for religious and moral people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other people, okay? So everybody's like, the constitution, I'm gonna uphold the constitution. Well. Before they took prayer out of schools, 
They took God out of schools. And I show people this. I got this from Leo Nancy's store, the Jenny Museum. Uh, this is uh, a a short kind of uh, co uh, combination book on the different things kids were taught in the New England primers. Every single um, child was taught this. Every child. What is baptism at the bottom is what it says. This is schooling. This is public education. What, what the, is baptism? What are the sacraments of the New Testament? The sacraments of the New Testament are baptism and the Lord's Supper. To whom is baptism administered? A baptism is not to be administered to any out of the visible church till they profess their faith in Christ and obedience to him. But the infants and such members of the visible church are to be baptized. These are the different sac these are the different things that would be put into um in, in that kids would learn. Uh the sum of the Ten Commandments with all of thy soul, love God above and yourself and yourself as your neighbor. Um, this was in schools, children to your great creator, fear to him, pay your homage while vain employments, fire your blood and lead your thoughts astray. The due remembrance of his name, your first regard requires till your breast glows with sacred love, indulge no meaner fires. These are the, the kids were taught a system of rewards and, and, and judgment and judgments. They believed that God would reward them or punishment punish them according to their works and then slowly the commies get into the get into the teaching schools they rewrite history they take god out you don't even know what you don't know that's what i tell people you don't know what you don't know i have people all the time my public schools my i have fine well you're dumb okay <laughs> because they didn't teach you you don't know what you don't know it's called ignorance and sometimes ignorance is bliss and sometimes ignorance hits you right square between the eyes and where dr cat Fauci come from and where'd all this ability to lock us down come from a hundred years of handing over our own minds and our own kids to a secular godless government and they we've been trained we've been trained to follow orders but here's the good news we don't have to do much to get it back no it's easy just stand up literally just stand up it's ours all we have to do is in an instant that we don't like Adam kind of really revoked his power for all mankind and that stunk and we didn't get it back until Jesus. But the good news is, is when it says, don't give place to the devil. If you do, you're not to wait for Jesus to come and die again to get it back. All you got to do is just stand up and say, oops, that's mine. Repent, turn from your wicked well, ways. I'm so glad you said that. I've been, and I've waged some more on this one because there, there is this whole point of giving up territory for a variety of reasons. And I don't want to get into that fight again. But anyway, there is all sorts of reasons that people give up territory. And they'll mm -hmm. say things like, oh, stay away from that. That's of the devil. Nothing's mm -hmm. of the devil. Nothing. Unless we give it. And we have to have the courage to step into it and understand we have authority yeah. over all evil. And when we take that boldly, you walk into the places that they proclaimed. Proclaim Christ mm -hmm. and take it back. Don't let them have yeah. it. Yeah. And don't don't be don't yeah. be meandering through this prairie land of of thinking that, well, that land there is the devil's and this is God. God has dominion over everything and we are his children. Everything. I mean, I was to Come say on. it. And we are the yeah. we are the children of the most high. So start acting into that, living into that. Be yeah. fearless. And it isn't to say that that's gonna be an easy walk sometime. But trust me, right now, when we look around, I to your point of history, we don't really know what, it's very hard to discern at times what is true and what is not. They've done such an effective job of rewriting, suppressing, dece deceiving. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of convolution. But I can prove one thing, and I can prove it absolutely just by observing our world. We know that as more people have turned towards Christ 
and revive their strength in faith, the other side has become increasingly insane. That should tell That's you. That's so true. You just look at it and go, wow, this is so much fun. I'm going to keep running to Jesus because they keep losing their mind. I mean, yeah. we have gone from, I don't think if someone told me five years ago that, oh, by the way, um, in 2023, it's going to be normal in the media for people to start talking about kids getting their genitals cut off right. and boys getting castrated. And it's hateful to say otherwise. Right. Like I you're mean, hateful. And so while we pray for them, this is happening in part because they they are using what few in their circle, and, and obviously they will pay a price for harming the little ones. And we have an obligation to try to save them. But our strength our, in, in Christ is manifesting this insanity in them because they don't they have nothing else but to threaten, to do things, to throw stones. And it's like no weapon forged against me will succeed. We have to have that strength in this walk. Yes. And we have to have the courage of that. And when we do and we walk boldly there, there's no, no place we can't walk. That's, no, that's, you're absolutely right. Right? You know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what we are finding is that people are coming to Christ because they recognize that on the other side, the devil's pulled off his mask and he is raping, killing, pillaging. You know, he's he's literally destroying people's lives. And they're, they're looking at these people in power and they're like, is there a higher power? I want to join myself to a higher power. And they're recognizing that we're over here where the Christian's like, that's us over here. And so people are coming to Christ in droves, like, and they're coming to try Christ, I believe, in the way that Jesus kind of came to preach it, which is the kingdom of God is here and it's ready to expand and you're going to have all authority. And like, I want to be part of that team. Well, I want to be part of King kingdom the of other, God. The other half of your scripture that you just quoted there though is but I came that they would have life and life more abundantly. Right. Modern yes. end times theory doesn't fit into that because there's right. no abundance in having your head chopped off. There's none, none of that exists <laughs> there. But Jesus came that we would have life and life more abundantly. And it's not about living it up. It's about, do you know how amazing, and Scott can talk about this and he has on the show so many times. Do you know how amazing it is to lead a person to Jesus? Do you know how amazing it is to pray for somebody? We can talk about the prosperity of our crops all day long, but there is one harvest that is more valuable oh, and more so precious and more exhilarating than any other. And that is the soul of another human being coming into the kingdom Watching of God. Watching somebody come into the kingdom of God, you literally lead them through the gates. It's, it's actually, if you want to touch heaven, come on, you get to go there. Right. When you're leading somebody to Jesus, because they have to come right to Jesus more abundantly. And you can feel a change. Yeah, that's a beautiful statement right there. And and it's so true. And I just yeah, I, I we're in a in a time when we, we keep getting caught in the trap of their narrative. And this is I, I see this in the extensions of end of time prophecy thinking is everything is dark and everything is horrible and we're all gonna go through this yeah. horrific suffering. And we and, lose. Well, you know, there's there's a book. Um, Losing and, is winning. And it's been criticized. Losing was, is it, winning. That's the biggest lie of the devil. Illusions, which was written by the same author that did Jonathan Livingston Siegel, which people, all the Christians hated because he said it talked about reincarnation. It's like, whatever. There was a lot of good points in it. And there's this great entry part of this story where basically the way the story sets up is God lands his plane in the middle of the field and says, I'm taking a vacation. I'm going to let you all have it for a while. And I just love the, 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 the humor in the whole thing, right? I just, which probably will offend some people, but whatever. That's my relationship with Father anyway. So, but in there, there's this line that says, 
we will all die a, a painful and horrific death. So just enjoy the way and laugh all the way to the end. And I just, I love this framing in life. Mm. And of course, when people hear that, literally they're like, but we won't. And I'm like, stop thinking literally. Take the principle of what it is. You want to live this suffering life. This life is tough. It's intended to be. It's how we refine. It's how God makes us stronger and better within the space of kingdom. And it's part of the threshing that goes on. But in the principle of what that's saying, and it's so easy, is there's nothing to get stressed about. There's nothing yes. for us to be stressed about. I mean, yes. we're, we're sitting here clinging on very tightly to life when we've already been given everlasting life. So why aren't yeah. you just running harder to, to wherever you're going and be fearless? We're fighting been... our flesh. We're yes. fighting our old nature. And Jesus said very clearly, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But then he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. Right. And so when we... The world is going to have things. Your car is going to break down. Things are going to happen, okay? But you that's when you pull upon the promises of God. You know, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. By his stripes, I am healed, okay? That's why it's important to know the word of God, to read it so that when those situations arise, and they will. I mean, look at Paul. I think he was like almost killed several times. He was killed pretty much. He spent a night and a day in the deep. But you, Jesus promised him, nothing can kill you. You're going to Rome, you know? And, and he even told the disciples, many, many of you are going to, to die before I come again. Um, and then Peter points at John. He's like, what about that guy? And Jesus says, well, what is it to you if he remains till I come back? Some of you are going to give your life for me. And in the book of Revelations, I know a lot of you are like, but the, the, there are martyrs. There are martyrs. Okay, God's going to tell you ahead of time. Oh, come on. If you are. Whoa. The rest of us, we're living a long and prosperous life. Come on. Okay. Yeah. And you have to speak life over your own life. You have to speak life over your marriage. You have to speak life over your children. Oh, my kids are just blah, 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 blah. And, you know, how many kids, even, how many parents even call their kids a little devil or they're just a little terror, you know, Tasmanian? Like, stop that. My mom did something very keen when we would act up and, and it worked and it worked i would she, like to say she would say and i didn't know she did this when we were acting up or when she was frustrated she would just up. say god loves you and he has a, a wonderful, wonderful plan, plan for your life. life when i was an adult she told me she said that by faith. when she by faith when she was frustrated <laughs> i felt it because God loves me and he has a wonderful, wonderful plan, plan for, for my, my life. life. I, I, If I've heard that once, I've heard it literally a thousand times from my mom growing up. And she would say it in the worst possible moments that we were acting. <laughs> but she said it with such conviction. It wasn't sarcasm. Like I no, felt she wasn't it. being sarcastic. She just would, she would, because my mom never yelled at us. She's like a saint. She would just stop and she would say, Michelle, God loves you. And he has a wonderful plan for your life. Now, if I was my mom, I would be like, God love you, God, wonderful plan for your life, kid. Like, that's how I would have said it, but that's not how she said it. She was literally, I know, she was literally speaking life over us in those really, really tough moments. This and is it a worked. whole brain switch that I've had to go through over the past several years is speaking life to horrible situations. I'll even, you know, something will go on with my car and I'll be like, no, this is going to work out. God's going to provide for me. We went through a really rough time. Uh, during COVID and all five of our cars broke down at one time and all we were, five. and we were, and literally our business stopped for six months. Yeah. And God's was like, God was like, you need to start speaking life. You need to start speaking life. And 
I don't curse that time when everything broke down because what it did was those are things. Things breaking down sometimes can draw you closer into his presence and recognizing that he provides and he did provide and he does provide and he will provide and tomorrow something's going to break and you pray over that and you ask God to provide and you do the next step. You pay it forward. When somebody helps you, you know, Scott was having a give, send, go. Um, we, as we give, it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over. That's givesandgo.com forward slash prayers needed. <laughs> shall, shall men heap into your bosoms. That's why Paul was saying, none of you communicated with me as giving and receiving. And I really just wanted a blessing on your part. Because when you give, not out of your necessity, out of your abundance, when you give, there is a there is a principle of sowing and sowing into people's lives. And I literally kind of turned that off because I kind of grew up around the um, prosperity gospel people and they were asking for me to give to them to get a a jet okay oh this is creflo dollar stuff oh it's jesse duplantis you know it's all those people all all of them i gave them so much money i can't even tell you single mom working multiple jobs gave them so much money here's the good news about that though god blessed my mom's seed even because of the the motivation that she was giving, right, right? But I can guarantee you, it was corrupt when it went into their ministry because no, I guarantee. Like it's just... because so so the principles of sowing and reaping work based on your heart. There you go. Okay, but like Leah said, we we had to turn it off because true religion we were that and undefiled. What's true group. religion? And and guys, I know a lot of you are like I hate I hate religion. Well, then hate the Bible because it says religion five hundred times. True relationship with God. Okay is to take care of the fatherless and, and the, the widow, widow, the single mom and the kids without a dad. Yeah. Okay. People who are struggling, people who are going through a tough time when you're helping them, Jesus specifically said this and we, we turn it out. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When did I do that? When that person was really hungry and you fed them, when you clothed them, you did, you did that to me. And I told my dad, and I'm proud of you. And Scott lives this out every single day. And I, yeah. I know, Scott, that you tell people a lot of what you do on the, sh- on the show, but I don't think that you tell them everything. You kind of tell us a little bit more. And so I just want to take this time because I can take over the show if I want to and praise Scott behind, like, because he literally <laughs> is in, front, the, of ex- in front of his face. He is literally the example of what Leah just said. I mean, Scott does this on an like a literal daily basis. Everything that you guys sow into uh, the ministry of Pastor Scott Kesterson goes back out. Yeah, and it, it goes, goes right into to help more people. Yeah, reach more people. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. So you guys can know that you're sowing into a solid, solid ministry of a man that literally looks at money like meh. I'll use it for the kingdom. I don't know how God did that. I, I was blessed with something my dad told me a long time ago, and it was had to do with bidding on jobs, right? And and he's like, the only difference between a $100 job and a $1,000 job and a $100,000 job are zeros. And that just <laughs> set in with me so deeply. It's like, yeah, okay, it's just a number. And I've, I've never really had an attachment to the the money. In fact, people, I, I've even had problems with that because people will be like, man, dude, can't you make goals about financials? I'm like, no, I just can't. It doesn't motivate me. It depresses me. What motivates- yeah, that's so good. You know, it just depresses me because it's like, why do I want to work for something that empty? And if I'm blessed to use it, I mean, then that's the, that's, I don't think there's anything more inspiring than to help somebody stand up and raise them up and help them. And, you know, I, I've, without 
getting into things, but I've seen the power of what we would call a lot of money transform lives to kingdom in such a way. I just look at Father and I'm like, that's all it took, you know? Mm. And others will be like, you literally paid that much? And I'm like, that wasn't my money. That's God's money. And he gave it to me, you know, and that's where, you know, where are we to stop him? Where are we to put the brakes on him if he wants to give? Well, we put a lot of qualifiers on things. You need to do X or you need to do Y. You need to be in this place. If God puts it before you and he says give, then give. You have no idea what's going to come of that gift. It could be somebody who's a Satanist and he says give, give, because it might be that thing that cracks open the heart and allows the, the flow of the love of kingdom to come in and crushes every bit of belief. We just don't know. And, and this is like, you know, we're walking amongst people and we don't know who we're talking to. I, 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 I love this place because we love to walk past the homeless. We love to ignore who they are. And if we forget sometimes, I don't know if that's an angel there. I don't know if that's a person there. You know, I, I've said this before and I got rebuked by Jesus on this. So I have to be careful how I phrase this, but I really did. But I mean, I've said it for we, we probably wouldn't recognize Jesus if we saw him. And the point is, yes, you would because I'm Jesus on a return. I get that. But in the principle of if yeah. Jesus was just sitting there on the side, meeting with tax collectors and prostitutes as he was, exactly. most of us would walk past it and go, oh, that's horrible, and not appreciate he was the son of God. And yeah. when we start to realize the power of the body of Christ and that we're all knitted in, in, in together— and what it is to bring us all home. When we look at the billionaires, this is one of the most dis- greatest distortions of our world. We say, look at how much they have. We need resources. And I say, look at how much we have. What are we hmm. doing with the resources we can for another? Because yeah, right. God's blessed us all in different ways with a lot. And as we start to raise up each other, the billionaire classes, they've got their own problems, big ones. And, and we're gonna they'll they'll have to confront that at some point, but it's it's um it's really an important point I think, especially as we start we deal with the wounds of COVID, the COVID con, we deal with the wounds of racial division, we deal with the wounds of abortion, we deal with the wounds of just endless yeah. things, transgenderism. There's a yeah. good one, and I want to just hit on it real quick because um, we're coming into a time, and it's interesting. I wrote this chapter title back in 2016, I think, maybe 2015, in a book I have not finished. But it is, the title was, Like Breast Cancer, We Will All Be Scarred. Mm. And I look back on that, I'm like, wow, that was a prophetic line. Because when we look at like the transgender movement, right? Wow. Okay, so how are we going to deal with this? I mean, Mm. are are we going to just say, well, you know, you were, you're now mutilated, and we can't touch you? Mm-hmm. There's some people, there's some youth here that are struggling with the reality that a bad choice was put upon them. I heard an amazing testimony the other day, and I have to give this young man so much credit because his parents were the ones that put him into the cycle of being uh, her, I'm sorry, her, mm-hmm. because it was a her that would they converted to a, a man, right? Uh-huh. When he gave the testimony in public, he never blamed his parents. He mm-hmm. forgave them for being misguided by an institution that they trusted. Mm-hmm. That level mm-hmm. of forgiveness in our heart 
is profound. He has, he, I don't know where he sits scripturally, but he walks within the words of scripture because he mm. still loves his parents. He may not agree wow. with what happened, but he is mm. not faulting them. He's instead, he's looking past a greater ill, which is true. A medical tyranny, yeah. they took advantage. The people they should have been able to trust, they were, they, they were misguided. Yeah. We're going to have to build that level of forgiveness as we go forward. And some of that Absolutely. means that to build bridges, we're going to also have to forgive even when we say, well, God, I didn't have any problem here. Right. You know, like, okay, cool. Forgive. Step forward. Say, be humble. That's yeah. that's the power. And let the magic of kingdom work because humility yeah. is where we are the greatest in God. And mm. that is just, um, I think this is just such an important time for us all to reflect. I mean, I say all these words too, because I come very strongly from this warrior Christ position. That's how God has called me. And and in very much in that Joshua means great deals to me, that whole story of Joshua, as does David and as does, does Gideon. And these are great stories of mighty warriors, Every one of them at a point, though, became that because of their humbleness and because they never questioned the word of God. Now, I shouldn't say never. That's not a fair statement. It's too but my point is they were led by the word of God to the greatness of the acts that they did, right? Mm -hmm. So we find in a confusion in this when we say, as God put on my heart back in January very clearly, we need to master the loving and forgiving heart. And that puts people off at times because they'll say, yes, but then we're allowing them to get away with things. But he adds this, trust in me for justice. Yes. So we immediately, we, I'm doing kind of broad sweeping brushes and I have to be careful. There is a tendency to look at God and say, okay, God fix this. But when we look at the stories of Gideon and we look at the stories of David and we look at the stories of Joshua, Justice is brought through the hands of men upon this earth. It's God that leads the sword, not us. And when we get that so in our head and realize where our walk is, we are always walking in a loving, forgiving heart, right? Mm -hmm. Christ chose to do the greatest of acts because rather than bring down the legions from, of angels to swoop down and solve it all, he walked the path which broke the blood covenant and freed us all. He broke that contract. And that was the greatest walk of, of kingdom one could ever make and yeah. suffered the unmeasurable ills and pain that we can't even comprehend overcame in the end. Yeah, That right there is truly the power of the sword of the spirit right there. Oh, that's so good. Right? You know, I heard um, <clears throat> Marty Grisham as a friend of ours, and he was on Amanda Grace's show, and my mom played this clip about... Everybody wants to know when is justice. And he said, justice is waiting on righteousness. Because mm -hmm. when you look in the word of God, justice and righteousness go hand in hand. Come on. Nice that God said. can't bring justice until we're start until our until we are walking in righteousness. And, and right and, and in that place where we are in the will of God. That's why in the in all of the Founders Bible, you're gonna see so many days of prayer and fasting. Okay, God, we need justice. What am I going to do? You know, the pilgrims did something interesting, and I've started to do this. They actually asked forgiveness for sins known and unknown. And John Quincy Adams, when he would go to bed at night, and he's, he wrote this down because he kept impeccable diaries. 
when he would go to bed at night, he would ask forgiveness and he would ask God to show him how to make things right if he messed up during the day. And he would ask him, <clears throat> ask him to, he would ask forgiveness for sins unknown. And I feel that we're all afraid to ask for forgiveness for sins unknown, because then that means that we don't know something or we're not, you know, everybody just wants to be right all the time. And also when that refiner's fire comes, when you ask God to forgive you, he's going to take you through refiner's fire. He's going to purify you as gold is purified. He will purify you as silver is purified. You'll come out pure and spotless on the other side. And I'd be quite honest. Sometimes I've been afraid to ask God to forgive me for sins unknown because I'm, I'm in my prideful mind. I'm like, there's nothing I could have done today that wouldn't have been in your will. But then I found a power in, oh my gosh, when I ask God to forgive me for my sins unknown, I'm actually stepping back under his umbrella, mm-hmm. back under like the submission of God and being like, no, no, no. I don't want to run out ahead of you. I don't want to walk behind you. I want to walk beside you. And I know that sounds cliche, but that's where we need to be. And if we all start to do that, if we all start to say, forgive me for my sins, known and unknown, forgive Help me to forgive my, forgive my neighbors. Help me to walk in, in love what you're talking about. Right. And to Michelle's point, you know, her, she's definitely, she's, she jokes about things, but quite frankly, Michelle's the most, one of the most giving people that you'll ever meet on, on the planet to the point where I'm like, we need that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, my mom too. Like she gets it from my mom. Mom, we need that car. I have to give this away. My mom's giving cars. Okay. Away. Here we go, mom. We're walking and you know, God will provide. And so, you know, that's how, that's how my mom taught us. You, you are constantly in a place of given, it shall be given unto you, but you don't give to get it back. You give because if somebody needs something even a little bit more than I do, and I'm okay, you know, then we make that happen. Yeah. And, and in that, in that power and in that presence, when you're walking in the righteousness, when you're walking in forgiveness, the justice will come. It absolutely will. And that's the trust in father. I mean, that's that's the point. And it's very hard. There is a, I think it's a very hard discernment um, between the sword of steel and the sword of the spirit. And mm-hmm. this is a difficult one. And I, 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 I know I've shared this with Michelle. I don't know if I shared it with you, but man, I tell you, this was like a download from the Holy Spirit on the moment in the garden when Peter drew his sword. And, you know, Jesus has said, sell your cloak and buy a sword. It's very interesting when we look at that moment, and I, I talk about this often, and it probably doesn't always work with people because of a way it's been taught. But anyway, this is, first of all, most people have never studied the sword. Like most people have not done, not enough people have done agriculture to appreciate meta, many of the depths of the metaphors within scripture. So the yes. sword, mm-hmm. right? And the sword is another one. There is an, a general assumption that Peter drew the sword and he was kind of like clumsy cut and cut off the ear. That doesn't work. It, it mechanically doesn't work. If you've ever drawn a sword or used a sword, you know how hard it is to wield and control a sword. And how are you going to cut off an ear without cutting the shoulder? That's a simple question. Only someone who has mastery of the sword can make such a mm-hmm. precision cut. So what mm-hmm. you really see there, because Peter said he would defend Jesus. And what's a profound moment is he draws the sword. There are Roman guards and and guards from the Pharisees that are there. They are great fighters, many of them. You notice they don't rush in. 
I, I find this a very profound moment because apparently Peter drew the sword with such precision to show that he was a great master of the sword. He was a worthy fighter. And what did he do? He stayed the life of he who was trying to grab Jesus by cutting off his ear. And he demonstrated the mastery of the sword of the steel. Yet Jesus shows him the power of the sword of the spirit by healing the ear. It is such mm -hmm. a profound moment. Jesus never rebukes him either. When he, we, we condemn Peter for, in, in our discussions, I should say we condemn him, but I think it's probably fair. He rebuked Jesus. And I argue differently that he did so out of necessity because in his war to, re, to reclaim the honor of Jesus because they killed him, he was now doing what every special forces and every covert operator would ever do. You will denounce those who you knew to go covert, to wreak vengeance upon those who took your king's life. Mm -hmm. That's how I argue, because he was a fighter. So we move forward, and when Jesus comes back, he still doesn't rebuke Peter. Instead, this is what I argue, I was sharing this with Michelle the other day, he empowers him to go where he ends up going to set up churches, to understand that the power of the sword of the spirit is greater, greater than the sword of steel, greater than the sword. I just, this was, God all yeah. made that all in my heart. And when we look at it this way, we start to realize the challenge in our own culture that we face because we have the second amendment right. And unfortunately that becomes a crutch for many, and it becomes an excuse not to seek the power of the Holy Spirit, not to seek the power of the Spirit, of the, of the sword of the Spirit. And it becomes a, a default for us quickly. It's like, you come to my territory, you cross that line, I'm going to lay you down. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that's good. But what about if we could literally raise up and we could live into John 14, 12, greater works than he? What would that look like? Right. And so, and it's, it's, and again, nowhere in scripture does it say it's wrong to have the sword of steel, but the challenge is, can you take the step across the threshold to embrace John 14, 12, right? Ding, 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 ding. I mean, that is just so good. And especially in the Patriot movement that we live in and we talk to so many people and I want to encourage a lot of men out there that have that stance that Scott just so beautifully quoted in that awesome accent there. Um, because there's a manliness that you, that, that it, there's a righteousness in those statements. The challenge is to take it, uh, the, the next step further, one step will take you light years. Oh, yeah. And the next step is so that walking in the spirit with that same exact attitude, knowing that if you didn't have a single weapon, if you couldn't even use your physical arms or your guns, then so, you could literally fend off the evil one. This is this goes exactly to the revelation red pill and why we're telling people to get off the end times bandwagon. Because this, Peter thought that Jesus was coming to set up a literal kingdom on the earth. That is a what the, the, the discussion that happened amongst the disciples over and over again. Now, Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. You know, there was a discussion amongst the disciples. Well, mm -hmm. can, can, you know, one, one, I think it was James and John's mom said, Hey, can they sit on your right hand when you enter the, enter the kingdom? She wasn't talking heaven. They truly believed and tr that, that it would be here on earth because that was the messianic. They're fervor. thinking David. Right? Okay. in their heads and Jesus even up until like David the day even up until the, the day Jesus was was crucified the reason the disciples went and hid the reason Peter was so let down Jesus said Peter 
you're going to deny me three times before that rooster crows twice because Peter was so let down. He was ready. He drew that sword because we're here to bring the kingdom, the, all these right. prophecies that say that Israel's going to be the place when all nations are going to come unto us. You're the Messiah. We believed you were the Messiah. And then when he was, he was crucified, he went and, and he ran and he, he hid. So again, when Jesus rises again, all the disciples, they, they finally get it. The kingdom of God. He's trying to tell them the kingdom of God is within. Peter tells Pontius Pilate, you don't understand. My kingdom isn't of this world. Jesus, Jesus right. says, yeah, my kingdom isn't of this world. Okay. That kingdom that Jesus, Jesus to, came to set up a kingdom. It's here right now. And then when he rose again, the disciples knew and understood. I understand the heavenly kingdom. And they actually walked in 12 guys spread the gospel over the whole world there jailers couldn't keep them in jail peter was let out of jail by an by an angel okay there was singing a, singing, singing songs these people free not guns and not he swords. left he left paul there's an earthquake and all the chains just happened to fall off and it was an angel and the roman soldiers getting ready to die on his sword and paul says no we're all here okay we're good that was a sign for the jailer the jailer pulls Paul into his house, comes to know Jesus. That was the, here's the thing. When you walk in the kingdom, no jail can hold you. When you walk in the kingdom, no one can kill you. When Jesus said, no one can take my life. I lay it down. I, you understand that no one killed the, those disciples. They laid down their lives for Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. They laid down their lives. We are not even touching walking in the kingdom like they did. And why, why is the difference? Because they believed that the Messiah had come. We're still waiting for another Messiah. Yeah, it's well said. That's really well said. So I have, I got a word that while Leah was speaking there, and this is really, really important for you guys to grasp. From my cold, dead hands, I hear it all the time. They'll never come and take it. And I get those and I, and I appreciate it. Honestly, I like it when people say stuff like that. I think, I think it's powerful. Yeah. However, you know, when Joe Biden came out and he's like kind of laughing, like, yeah, but y'all don't have tanks. Like he knows, seriously, they would have a civil war in their hands, but they do have more guns than we do. God spoke to me just now while Leah was speaking and he said something very profound. He said, I've given the body of Christ the equivalent of a spiritual second amendment. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're more than a conqueror. These weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have a spiritual second amendment that we have revoked. Ooh. Nice. Nice. We're so busy defending. We turned in our guns. guns. We have turned in our Australia guns. The end time nonsense. We gave it. We gave it up. It's still there, though. But oh, it doesn't there. go anywhere. You just have to go back and reclaim it. And as a whole, we have to go and we have to start using them. And that's how we prove. I'm, I got the power of God all over me as I'm saying this. This is a word from God. Listen up, guys. It's really powerful. Here's how we get it back. And here's how we prove that that spiritual second amendment is not dead by using the weapons. We have to start using them and it is in the use of them that we get it back fully for everyone else. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, 
but rather expose them. Mm -hmm. You have gifts inside of you. You have words of wisdom. You have words of knowledge. You, you have gifts of prophecy. Demons. You can cast out demons. You can be fought. We sh shall be and are, are getting to the place where we are five steps ahead of the enemy. We will mm -hmm. stop them. Oh, we'll put up a roadblock so they can't right. even get through. We aren't even beginning to operate out of the kingdom realm where we have uh, armies and legions of angels to come at a beckon's notice. But you know what? The angels aren't there for us. What did the angel say? I am the captain of the, of the Lord of hosts. I work for him. Oh, I thought you were here for us. I work for him. When we are working for him, the angels work for us, but we're not working for him. So the angels can't work for us. Okay. You're waiting on us to enact our place and our position with Christ. And when we get into that position and we, and we are, and we're positioning ourselves, it's happening. The country doesn't just come back. There are millions of eyes. We do a world news, pro world news program. Very strangely, I have people from Australia, Poland, uh, South America saying, all eyes are on America. What, what's our next move? <laughs> what's our next move, American Christians? What's our next move? And because they knew that there was a propheticness to the founding of our nation. Yeah. The founding fathers truly believed that the declaration and freedom would spread all over the world. we got to pick up that mantle. Okay, so that every nation has a right to serve God, nature and nature's God. You know, people get my give my mom a hard time. She does her own blogs on our on our show a lot of times. She reads them out loud and and everything like that. And and, and she constantly says the con the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people are like, no, how could you say that? That's blasphemous. I will say it here myself. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not for America alone. It's freedom and it is truth for all men. America isn't just the greatest nation. It's the kingdom of God. We just started it, but it's to be spread through the whole world. You're missing the point when she says the, when she says the gospel. It's not the written word of Jesus Christ. Do you understand when you see the, kingdom, the kingdom of God, when you see somebody healed, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you see a, a, a child come back home to their parents, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. We are manifesting the kingdom in this planet. We are having church, y'all. If you are amen in it, your house right now, I don't know what you're listening to. This is good. No, it's good. I, it, this is the, this is the truth. You know, we do, um, Bended Knee on Fridays has become our prayer request Friday. Nice. And I mean, it is occupied with the Holy Spirit. That's We have had at least two testimonies of cancer being healed. We've had about 50 or 60% of our prayers at this point have been fully answered within a week or 10 days or so. And it's amazing. And I mean, these are powerful Quite powerful things we're praying into. And as I, what the things that I've talked about is we're not doing hands on. We're all sitting wherever we are. We're coming together with an open heart to kingdom. We're letting God see the transparency and the humility and even some of the sorrow and pain that we carry for this world. And in so doing, He's hearing us. Yeah. We're, and there is, and there's such a great lesson in that because when you talk about the weapons of the war, we, Prayer is one of our greatest weapons. It's yeah. a fantastic weapon in this warfare to literally be able to, to wage war against this evil and, and from there build up our strength. You don't, if you pick up a new weapon, you get one at the gun store. 
If you don't work with it, you're never going to be good with it. I don't care how yeah. good you are with any other weapon. I mean, you could be a, a master with a 1911 and you pick up a Glock 17. There is a new look, feel. There is a way it sights. It's, it's, and it may not take you as long to learn it as maybe you did the 1911, but you still have to train with it to become proficient. Yeah. If you're going to carry a sword, you have to train with it. If you're going to carry a bow and shoot a bow, you have to train with it. You don't just pick it up and shoot an arrow and expect it to hit the target, right? right? So we all have that obligation. And so when we start talking about the principles of things like healing the sick, casting out demons, raising mm -hmm. the dead, if we're not moving into that space and trying it and believing in it, we don't even know the long-term effects. You know, we right. want to look at like healing, for example, is I want to see the miraculous of somebody be able to walk. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just take recently. I had this tear, a bit of muscle in the back of my leg. It's been painful. So I, I could hardly, I was down at the um, deliverance conference down at uh, Glad Tidings Church a few weeks ago. And this was Wednesday, and I was having a hard time even walking. I mean, it was painful, uh, seriously in pain. So I went to a woman who's um, there. She was, she's, she's a massage therapist. She's a prophetic and she's a healer. And I went through probably one of the most difficult deep massage therapies I have ever been through to the point that I'm hanging onto that table praying, help me, Jesus. And I'm not kidding you. Not only did she into, prophesy into stuff that she would not have known, which, it, but the way that that came out within 24 hours, most of that pain was gone. With by, wow. I went to a second session on Saturday. That muscle's healed. It's sore. It still needs training. It has to be rebuilt. That's part of exercise and fitness. That's part of therapy. And it still takes stretching. But that injury was healed. That's God's work right there. It yeah. doesn't happen. What, yeah. what are you going to do? And I mean, you, when she got into the muscle, you could. She was moving, and I could feel it moving. Mm -hmm. It was torn. It was a, it's a, it was a bad, it was more than a tear, but it was, it was there. So when we were, we don't, we're not embracing, that's not a correct statement. We're learning to re-embrace the true powers of what we're getting. I like that. And we have yeah. to walk into this with a willingness to ask. And that's, yeah. I think the big one, father, and I put myself before father. It's like, I'm here. Guide me. Yeah. And see, the thing is that that doesn't necessarily mean that suddenly we're going to be out here going, okay, so this is your first technique. It yeah. it may be, like you were saying, forgive me for the sins that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it might yeah. be a pretty rough little have to go through repentance and have to face the errors that you've made and have to go through some difficult moments to open up one of those gifts of yeah. healing because it's yeah. not a linear way of teaching that God works. It's yeah. It's a way of mastery of holistic who we are. And so I think that there's a there's so much in this as we step into this world to realize what's happening. And I mean, I mean, I'm super excited about where we're going because yeah. I think we're going to see the rising up of the great miracles of the of the living God, the the God of miracles in our world yeah. that we need to witness. And that when that begins to happen, all of this division will start to fall almost immediately because they will witness the powers and. Who doesn't want that, right? Yeah. And the journey from where you are to where they are, that's yeah. where we be have to become so sober and so tempered in our judgment because mm -hmm. there's going to be many coming and yeah. many will not be what we consider to be acceptable 
but they oh, will through the process of healing and restoration is the whole process, right? So we're into an interesting time. Really the Bards Nation is a very, and I want to give a shout out to you guys watching. You're a very interesting group of people because you take and apply all of this. I've met you in person. I've talked to you. I've never met a group of people that, you know what, I'm going to start farming or I'm going to be a missionary. Um, um, you know, we had a really great testimony of a young man who came to Plymouth and he has a very hard life. And he's like, Scott prayed for me. And this particular part of my life is healed and he's coming to Jesus and he's witnessing to other people and he's in a really horrible place um, of the country that you people would say is demonic, but he's spreading the gospel there. And you guys are, when we're talking about the world and how Christians have dropped the ball, you guys take that and you're like, okay, we dropped it. Let's pick it up. Let's play now. Let's right. do it. What What do we do now then? Let's not dwell, dwell on what we, what we did wrong. Let's not dwell and be sad. Let's just do it. And I've seen you guys surround people in prayer and lift them up. And the father is so proud of you because you have such faith and such love that in your brokenness is you're like, I'm broken, but I'm going to do what, what I see you guys doing all the time. I watch you guys do it. You go beyond even your own gifts and talents to what you think you have. And you, you get into that place where it's, I, I want the father to, to, to show me how to do these things. And you've become superhuman. You become superheroes and God is going to bring more and more people in to learn from you guys. Okay. Because God picked these fishermen who are out there on a boat, <laughs> unlearned, true. ignorant fishermen. And you, and God doesn't care what gifts and talents you have. He just wants a willing heart. If he has a willing vessel, he can literally move mountains. He can heal a, a, a city full of people and he can change a nation with somebody. And you know what else he can do? Cause I think about all the, think about us all the time. I'm ignorant of so much because I wasn't taught. The Holy spirit brings all things to our remembrance. Oh, he can tell us things and give us knowledge, supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge, and make us intelligent. And I tell you what, I'll get in front of a group of people and be able to say things that I can't even say in a normal conversation because the Holy Spirit will give you the words in due season. That's beautifully said. Well, let's hit a couple of things here as we wrap up. Let's do the dates again for the sure. the event. So what go ahead, Michelle. What was it? Old school survival bootcamp.com, May 12th through the 14th in Hocking Hills, Ohio. The promo code for that is OSSN as in nation 23. OSSN 23. And then you can email us to be entered into it. Yeah, email us uh massfay33 M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H 33 at gmail.com. It's on all of our it's in the description of every one of our videos. And enter and into enter a, the drawing. We'll a weekend pass. We'll draw that on our world news program on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. And then what's your um and then your red pill? Uh, Revelation Red Pill every single Wednesdays, 7 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Rumble on Facebook and on DLive and Clout Hub. Uh, we're going live there every single Wednesday, but you can watch it afterwards, but you don't want to miss this. It's, we, we've done six episodes so far. The feedback, Scott, that we have had from this series is greater than anything we've ever done on our show. Well, we've talked yeah. about it. It's, it's come up in chat. So yeah, that's that's really good, exciting. So you're, uh, and is where can they, where is there a live stream where they can join in? I mean, like live Mostly chat. Mostly Rumble is the hottest Rumble chat. Rumble is the hottest chat for that. Resistance Chicks yeah. Rumble. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, let's pray. Let's do All right, it. I'll good. start off. All right, good. Do you want me to start off now? Yep, that's good. Dearly Father, I thank you so much 
for this time of fellowship that we've had that we can share with the listeners what our regular conversations with Scott sound like. They go exactly like this. And I thank you for this body of believers, this part, this Bard's nation that is not taking no for an answer, that they are expanding the kingdom of God every single day. And I just pray that you give them the tools and the weapons and the provision for every single work that you would have them do, that you give them all wisdom, like Leah said, and we bind and gag Satan from trying to attack them in their lives. We call their families back into the fold. We call their friends back into the fold and you give them plans and strategies, kingdom plans Mm. and strategies for expanding the gospel, for expanding their reach into their communities. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for the work that Scott Kesterson is doing. I pray that you bless it. We lift up all the Bards Fest and Mm. everything that you have planned this Mm. year for this family. And I just pray that it will explode and more people will come to to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus, this year than has ever come in through the entire course of Scott yes. on this broadcast. We thank you for all these Amen. things in Jesus' name. God, your word says that what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we just bind and gag these systems that are yes. keeping everybody uh, under uh, in slavery. We bind and gag the Federal Reserve, the public school system, yes. the CIA, the, the FBI, the FDA, any system that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. We pull that down right now in Jesus' name. And I loose right now. Every, every listener, I just speak life over you. I pray father God, that the deeds will come in, that come land on. will come in, that cows will yes, come in, in that sheep will come in, that marriages will be restored, that children will come back because they're saying, God, I would do it. If I just had the land, I just loose it right now in Jesus name to come into your life. That bl- the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will come upon you. The blessings of Deuteronomy eight and 28, you'll be blessed in the field. I just speak blessings over you right now as you're listening. And I thank you, father God, that you are taking Scott to that next level that you are giving him a keen amount of discernment and yes, wisdom Lord. to go where you say go to to stay back where you say stay back that you've surrounded him with a, a a host of angels and you surrounded him with a a army of people who are lifting him up and praying for him because he is leading a group of people yes. he is discipling people and father god i just thank you for the blessings that you're going to have that he will always have exactly what he needs when he needs it the animals will be healthy the the crops will grow and as the vision expands, that it will never expand to where he says, I can't, I can't do this. It will expand and expand and expand. And he will see how you make things bigger and bigger. Enlarge the stakes of your tent, for I am making your tent bigger. And more people are coming under this Bard's Nation tent because they're coming here to learn how to manifest the kingdom of God in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Father God, we just want to thank you for Michelle and Leah. They just continue to be such an inspiration in the efforts that they do, the the leading and the reminder of our sovereign space at our homes. The importance of going back is in Jeremiah 6.16 to seek the ancient paths as we move forward here to re-embrace the gifts and talents that we've given to be reminded that to be reminded that within us we can do greater works than he. Our faith right now, Lord, has been challenged to such degrees, and there is a mightiness within our soul that continues to rise. And so we pray for that continued strength and seeking of you, eyes on the cross as we move forward to continue to remind us and be reminded that we can truly walk without any concern in this world as we place our feet where the captain of the Lord of the host army stood in kingdom space, to proclaim that as our world, to step away from the pendulum of the Luciferian nightmare and to keep our eyes focused on our true mission, our true mission to spread the word, to love thy neighbor, and to bring the Christ into people's hearts. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. What a great conversation, as always, ladies. 
So thank you very much as always. And um, we will. Thank you for having us. It's, yeah, we love I it. love coming here and talking to the bar. I like that we have our conversations that become official that you guys can listen to. Because frankly, I can't think of a conversation that we've ever had with Scott that wasn't worthy of being on air for you guys to hear. <laughs> That's yeah. True. That's true. So we're, remind them where they can find you because you're all over the place. And you've got that new show. That's what I want them to t- tune into your new news hour show. Where is that? Which one? Oh. Well, so we've got the, we're writing on at six o'clock. Oh yeah. Okay. And we've got our world news program at one thirty, where we have people from around the world. Yeah. That's uh, the one I'm, so, th- which one? Yeah, which... that's not new. That's actually, that's, that was before we did Revelation Red Pill. That was the biggest show that we did. We've been doing that for six years. At one thirty, we take the all the conservative do. Christian news from around the world and God just puts it together. Every and Sunday. it's really fun to have people in the chat from the UK and everywhere. That's why we do it in an earlier time so that the people across the pond can be there. Yeah. Um, Cause the evening shows. So we're on Bitchute, Rumble Truth. Um, Friday on, on Gab. And we so what about your, much. what about the OAN show or whatever that is? One American news. So I know that's a real America's voice every Wednesday at eight forty AM. We're on there with Ed Henry and Karen Turk. That's usually a really fun 10 minutes that we're on with them. And it's, they bring us on for the God hour. And I, so it's usually either sarcasm or God. Or and both. Shemaine has a program on RAV, real America's voice, a yeah, new Shemaine program Nugent, that's on Sundays at 10, 10 AM. Yep, so yeah, it's a, a good network. A good it's great. So awesome. All right. Well, I guess resistancechicks.com once it's up, because it's going to be up as of today in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Exactly. And you've got a freezer getting ready to be filled with two pigs. So that's good. Yes. Laura, and we have piglets coming. We have brand new fresh stuff coming in two weeks. Yeah. Fun time. So stay tuned because we'll be doing videos on all of that stuff. Awesome. All right. Have a blessed day, ladies. God bless. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, Patriots, that was the resistance chicks, the one and only resistance chicks, I I will add. There are no other like them. There never will be. They are full of life and energy. And if you have been able to keep up with this afterwards, you understand what it's like to get a double quad shot digitally right into your brain. That's what this was all about. To teach you the appreciation of caffeinated digital delivery. That's what it was. Patriots, Thank you for being here. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man. 
and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 